Now, can we go to the word of God? Are you ready for God's word today? Now, I've been speaking about favor or the fabric of favor, and we looked at the vertical dimension. And so I want to look at the second aspect of favor, which is the horizontal dimension. And we were looking at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26, and Luke chapter 2, and verse 52. And I'm just going to make reference to those scriptures, and then I'm going to emphasize on the story of Joseph, which clearly brings out, you know, this dimension of favor. We're going to look at Joseph and how he was able to enjoy this dimension of favor, the horizontal dimension of favor. Now, the horizontal dimension of favor is one that one enjoys before man. And you see that both Samuel and Jesus had favor with God and with man. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 26, the Bible says, And the child Samuel grew, grew in stature and in favor, both with the Lord and with man. Somebody shout man. And, and, and that word man is used in generic sense. It's not just the male figure, but is human beings, both male and female. Luke chapter 2, verse 52, the Bible says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and and men. So you can see that there is the vertical uh, favor there, that is um, favor with God, and then there is the horizontal favor there, which is favor with men. The vertical dimension is favor with God, and the horizontal dimension is favor with men. And so both Samuel and Jesus experienced or enjoyed favor with God and favor with men. So, ladies and gentlemen, you too can enjoy favor or can enjoy this dimension of favor. You can have favor with man. Can I hear an amen? amen? You can have favor with God, yes, but also you can have favor with man. Now, this dimension of favor, favor with man, makes people like you. I mean, they just like you. Look, ladies and gentlemen, to be liked is not natural. It's not easy to be liked. It's not something that, it, that happens naturally. As a matter of fact, some of us have worked so hard, you know, for people to like us. You know, you've tried to please, you know, a certain, you try to please a certain teacher, for example, in school. And the more you try to please that teacher, the more that teacher hated you. Isn't it true? You, you, you tried to please somebody that you felt, you know, um, needed to be pleased by you so that they may give you certain favors, but they didn't do that. Some of you tried to be, you know, liked by your own children, and your children don't like you, you know, for one reason or another. Some of you try to be liked, you know, by your spouse, not even loved. You just say, love, that's another story, but just like me. But it is not happening. So it's not natural to be liked. In fact, some of you are even seated next to a neighbor, and you can feel the kind of signals your neighbor is sending. They are not very encouraging signals. Because when the pastor says, turn to your neighbor, the neighbor does not turn. Ask your neighbor for me, do you like me? Do you enjoy my presence? I mean, it's not something natural. To be liked is not natural. You don't just go to a place and you're liked. You don't just change jobs or change departments and move to another department and you're liked. It is not something natural. But this favor... 
helps you, you know, to come to a place where people just like you. I mean, somebody looks at you and they just tell you, I like you. You know, you haven't spoken, you haven't said anything, you haven't performed, you haven't done nothing, but they just say, I do what? I, I like you. May you receive this favor in Jesus' name. May you experience this favor in Jesus' name. That you'll go to places and people will just like you. You know, you move, you, move, you move jobs and people just like you. You move from one place to another and people just like you. You move neighborhoods, move from one house to another, and, and, and somebody will just say, I like you. You know, people have come looking for this house, but I've said no. But when I saw you, I felt like you are the one who should take this house. May you, just, may you be liked, left, right, and center in the name of Jesus. Even if it's not love, but may you just be liked. Look at your neighbor, tell them, even liking will work for me. Like it. Yeah, it will just work for me. Yeah. For, for some of us, loving is a long shot. But just liking can work. Can I hear an amen? amen? I prophesy, may people favor you and may people like you. Amen. Without you presenting your resume, without you saying anything, without you defending yourself, may they just like you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can you shout aloud, amen? amen? Turn to your neighbor, ask them now, do you like me? You can see someone is already shaking their heads. Oh, it's working. It's already working. This dimension of favor also, ladies and gentlemen, makes people be willing to help you. They'll be willing to help you. They're not just willing to like you, or they're not just ready to like you, but they're willing to help you. They're willing to grant you the much-needed help in your life. Sometimes <clears throat> they will even supply for your needs first before they attend to theirs. You know, everybody has a need, isn't it? Even the rich have needs. They have unfinished projects. They have unfinished dreams or unrealized dreams. They have many, many things that they want to accomplish and they need money. Even rich people need money, you know. But when you have this kind of favor, you know, they might decide to, you know, put their needs on hold so they can be able to minister to your needs. Even rich people have, like, relatives, who want money from them, who want school fees from them. Even you, you have people who want some things from you, isn't it? But you see, when favor hits somebody's life, you will put your needs on hold. Somehow, you know, you put your needs on hold and minister to the needs of that particular person. Favor compels people to help you. I need to say that again. Favor, this dimension of favor, horizontal favor, compels people to help you. They put aside their needs. They put their needs on hold. You know, they shelve, they shelve their ambitions. They shelve their plans, their projects to help you because of this dimension of favor. It's not that they don't have needs. It's not that, it's not that they don't have um, things that they could use their money for, but favor, this dimension of favor operating in your life compels them in a supernatural in a supernatural way to be able to help you this horizontal type of favor compels them in a supernatural way to help you in your situation i pray that may people help you may people assist you may people come into your life at the nick of time and provide what you need because of this favor in Jesus' name. 
Can I hear louder? Amen. Amen. You know, I remember there's a time I wanted to travel to a certain country and I went, you know, I applied for the visa and I went, you know, uh, for the interview. And when I got there, I had all my documents and everything ready to present, you know, uh, over the counter so that I may be able to be granted the visa. And it was not easy to go to this country. You know, a lot of people were being denied visas. So I had all my papers ready, invitation letter, bank statements, all these things in place. And I stood before that gentleman and he asked me what my name was and what I do and um, who I'm married to and stuff like that. And every time he was asking me those questions, I wanted to give him a supportive document. And he kept on saying, I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it. And then when he was done, he told me, you're, you're a very genuine person, so I'm going to grant you the visa without me presenting any supporting, supportive document. He just, he just said, you're a very genuine person to me, and so I'm going to grant you uh, the visa. Just like that. I think the, the, the interview did not even last for two minutes, and it was done. And I wish you saw the way I had carried files. I looked like a professor because I wanted, you know, when he asked for a particular document, I remove it. Akirusha to now. But he didn't ask for anything. He just said, you look like a very genuine person to me. I trust you. I'll give you the visa. He said, go enjoy and, you know, do whatever you need to do. That's, that's what we call, you know, favor. You understand what I'm talking about? Some of you think when we talk about favor, we're talking about your qualification. We don't talk about your qualification. We are talking about something that God rubs on you. That when people look at you, they just like you. Hallelujah. Yeah, some of you just need favor. You've struggled. You've struggled a lot. You fought for everything. You are bleeding because of fighting. You have scars because of fighting. But there's another dimension of favor. No stress. No fighting. No trying to prove a point. You show up and you're liked. You show up and you're loved. You show up and you're trusted because of the oil of favor over your life. I smear all of you with the oil of favor this morning in the name of Jesus. May you show up for interviews and may you be liked even before you open your mouth. Am I in the right church this morning? Look at your neighbor and tell them it is your portion in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Some of you are struggling to get married. May you meet someone for the first time. And may he say, this is the one. Hallelujah. I thought the men would be louder. I thought the men will, the men will be louder. Yes, favor, favor. There are dimensions you just need favor. Because you go to a place and you find a hundred people who are looking for the same thing you are looking for. And some of them have more qualifications than you. The chances of you getting that thing are very minimal. You have very slim chances. The probability <laughs> of you getting that thing is almost nil. It's almost zero. But if you have favor. I say if you have favor. I say if you have favor. Look, a king, a king, a king decides to look for a wife. And they bring women from the entire nation. 
Can you imagine women being brought to state house for the president to choose a wife? Look at you. Will you even stand a chance? Turn to a lady next to you. Tell her, look at you. Can you stand a chance? Look at you. Look at you. The way you are. Can you really stand a chance? Because in this country, yeah, in this country, there is Mrs. Kenya. There is Mrs. Nairobi. There is Mrs. Machakos. There is Mrs. what? Mrs. Universe. Ask a lady next to you, you, you are Mrs. what? The chances of you being chosen to be the king's wife are almost nil. Yet because of favor, a young lady by the name Esther, who nobody knew, she was even an immigrant, she was chosen to be the queen of, his, of, of that nation because of favor. That's what favor can do. I release that favor over your life. I say, I release that favor over your life. May that favor select you. May that favor make people like you and choose you above the rest in the name of Jesus. Somebody lift your hands and shout, I receive it in Jesus' name. Wow. Let's look at the men who carry this dimension of favor. Who are these men who carry this dimension of favor? You will be chosen. I say you'll be chosen. Men will choose you. Women will choose you in the name of Jesus. Who are these men who carry this dimension of favor? Number one, these are the promoters. The promoters. The promoters. Some will say the promoters. Promoters, these are those with the ability to promote you. I'm using that word promoters so that I can be able to drive my point home because it means many things. But I want to use it to show you these are people, you know, in my notes I've put it in quotes. These are people who have the ability. Somebody shout ability. They have the ability to promote you. They have the ability to move you places. They have the ability to move you from a lower place to a higher place. They have the ability to bring increase, influence, progress, and prosperity in your life. You see, Psalm 115 and verse 16, the Bible says, The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. So there is... There is a domain here on earth that has been given to the children of men. There are people who have exercised dominion. And I think I talked about this at some point in my preachings, in one of my messages. There are people who have exercised dominion here on earth. I call them promoters. They have dominion over what you are striving to have or what you are striving to experience as an individual. They have the machinery, they have the capacity, they have the resources, they have the authority, they have what it takes to initiate your promotion, their word of recommendation, their signature. I mean, 
when they just put in a good word for you in a place, in a company, in an office, when somebody sees their signature, it's a done deal. Your life changes. With a single stroke of their pen, your promotion is sure. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I mean, for example, in this, in this country of ours, if you go to a place and you pull some names, you know, you will grab people's attention. Isn't it true? Yeah. If you go to a place, you're looking for a job, and then you tell them, you know, I am related to the first family. You know? And you pro produce evidence. I mean, things will work for you. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. If you just go there and tell them that, you know, I am connected to... Uh, the president of this country, you know, is my stepfather. <laughs> or uncle or something. And you prove it. Your life will change. Isn't it true? Yes, your life will change. Just like that. Your life will change. Because there are people whose word whose signature, whose recommendation carries weight, a lot of weight. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I mean, if they pick, if they pick their phones, and, and, or rather their phone, and they call certain numbers, things will move. If they call some people, things will move. If they call and they tell you, go, I have already made a call. By the time you arrive there, huh, your office is ready. Isn't it true? Yes, so these are promoters. And promoters carry the favor that they can be able to show to men. They carry this dimension of favor, the, 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 the horizontal dimension of favor. And they can show you favor. You see, there, there are people, when, 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 when they see you and they like you, and they have influence, and they have resources, and they have power, they can change your life in a split of a second. Isn't it true? Yes. I mean, some of them buying a car is, is, is not a big deal. Some of them buying a house is not a big deal. I mean, you go there, you know, they ask you, how did you come? You say, you know, I took three matatus to get to this office. They say, how? They say, as you are leaving, then they call one of the secretary, please organize that car, blah, 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 put it down there, put the fuel, is it okay, blah, blah, blah. Then they tell you, as you leave, take the car and go with it. You came with three matatus to the office and leave that office with a car. What is that? Favor. It's the horizontal dimension of favor in operation in your life. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You see, the Bible says, give and it will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall man, shall man give unto you. So whatever you require is in the hands of a man. So when you give, God provokes the man to give to you what you need. Am I preaching? To? So this favor provokes men to give things to you. This favor compels men to promote you. They move you from the level you are in to the level that you desire. May you meet your promoters in the name of Jesus. I say, may you meet your promoters in Jesus' name. May you meet somebody that will change your life 360 degrees. 
in the name of Jesus. Shout aloud, amen. Can we go deeper? You know the story of Joseph? Joseph was taken as a slave to Egypt, a country that he doesn't know. He didn't know anyone in this place. Taken there. You know, I believe by the time he was being taken there, he was about 17 years old. You know, because that's the time he started having dreams when he was 17. When you read the Bible at 17, he started having all these wonderful dreams. And his brothers hated him, you know, for the dreams. In fact, they called him a dreamer. And he was about 17. And then they plotted, you know, you know how they were, they, were, they were going to kill him. And thank God for the elder brother, Reuben, who was able to save him. And uh, when uh, he went somewhere and, and came back, he discovered that they had already sold, you know, um, Joseph to the Ishmaelites. And so Joseph lands in Egypt, a strange, strange country. He doesn't know anyone. He doesn't know anyone. He's not connected to anyone. You know, he doesn't have a relative there. He doesn't have a friend there. And then he ends up in the house of a guy called Potiphar. And I thank God that he ended up in this house because favor was at work in the life of Joseph. Because Potiphar, Potiphar was not a commoner. He was not just an ordinary citizen. Potiphar was a ruler. Potiphar was an official, an, an Egyptian official. So he was a man of authority. He wielded some authority. He had some influence. He was a rich guy, you know. He had some money, you know money. Yeah, he was a moneyed guy. And so this, this, this is the house that Joseph landed in. The house of a man who had resources, who had influence, who had money, and who had authority. He had power. So he landed in the hands of somebody who had the ability to promote him. Oh, Jesus. He had the ability to change his life. You can see that the favor of God was still with, 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 with Joseph. And now he was getting to a place where he was going to experience the favor with men. He was getting to a place where, I mean, God was setting him up. Remember, the father made for him a coat of many colors. You remember that story? A tunic of many colors to show that he was the one that the father had favored. And the brothers took that coat, soaked it in the blood, interfered with the colors, took it to the father, and they told the father, look, this, your son of yours, was eaten by an animal. But you see, the, the favor was not on the court. The favor was on the person. The court only signified that this is the guy who is carrying favor. Look at your neighbor and tell them the favor is not in your car. It's not in your house. It's not in your shoe. It's not in your shirt. This favor is in you. That's why they can take the car, but they cannot take the favor. They can take your shoe, but they cannot take the favor. They can mess up with your business, but they cannot take the favor. The favor will still work for you, regardless of where you are. Can I hear an amen in this house? Because some people think we, if we can just frustrate him, if we can just frustrate the business, if we can just make sure that he's, um, he's crippled financially, then we'll finish him. Look, if you're a carrier of favor, they can take everything from you. But no matter where you are, that favor will still work for you. You'll be in Egypt where nobody knows you. You're not connected to anyone. But the favor of God will begin to work in your life. And soon and very soon, it will activate the horizontal dimension of favor. Can we go deeper? Are you sure you can handle deep? Tell anybody I can handle deep. 
Genesis chapter 39 verse 3 to 6. Let's look at what happened. Genesis chapter 39 verse 3 to 6. Now Joseph, a stranger, is working for Potiphar. The Bible says, and his master. So, look at that. That the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hands. Then what happened? So Joseph, talk to me somebody. So Joseph found favor in his sight. This is the horizontal dimension of favor. And he served him. He said, now from today, Joseph, I want you to serve me. Because you have found favor in my sight. You came as a slave working on my farm. You know, working as a shamba boy, but I want to promote you. I want you to serve me because when I look at you, I like you. <laughs> Jose, I like you. When I just look at you, there's something about you that just makes me like you. I see the hand of God upon your life. I see that God is with you. And because God is with you, I like you, Jose. Come and work in my house and serve me. Then, look at that. He made him, who? An overseer. That is promotion. Somebody say that is promotion. He made him an overseer of his house. Remember, he has a wife. But he said, Joseph, I like you. I want you to oversee the affairs of my house. And all that he had, he put under his authority. This is a slave. This is a guy who came from another country. But because of this dimension of favor, Potiphar just liked him. Then verse 5. Verse 5. And so it was from that time that he made him overseer of his house and all that he had. It's like now Joseph was the overseer of the house, but also he was like, an, like a personal assistant to this guy, taking care of all his property. He was managing his properties, telling him, oh, this is what is happening with this cow. This is what is happening with this sheep. This is what is happening with this goat. This is what is happening with this land of yours. You know, this is what is happening with your workers and stuff. So he was giving him all the information that he needed to know about his businesses. And the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Because of favor, now Pharaoh is even prospering. Joseph was able to establish a system that made Pharaoh prosper. No, Potiphar prosper. Sorry, let me do that again. Um, Joseph instituted a very structured way of running businesses of Potiphar until Potiphar started making profit. Before that, he was not making any profit. Maybe he had some very, very wicked workers. But when Joseph came, because he had favor, the guy started prospering. Everything that Joseph was touching in Potiphar's house, as far as Potiphar's businesses were concerned, he started prospering. Wow. Verse 6. And thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, including his ATM cards. Huh? including his checkbooks, everything. He told Joseph, from today, run the show for me. Huh? And he did not know, look, he did not even know what he had except for the bread which he ate. And now Joseph was handsome in form. Uh, trouble is coming. Let's not go to trouble. Uh, let, let, let's stay with favor. <laughs> <laughs> 
Somebody say, let's stay with favor. Until the guy decided, I'm not going to know anything. I just want to know there is food in the house. Run my businesses. Because of favor, he even trusted Joseph that much. That Joseph was taking care of all his businesses. Have you ever attained such kind of trust with the people you're working with? It's not easy. Isn't it true? It's not easy. Have you ever reached that level of trust? Are you ready for this? Between you and your husband? Okay, all right. Yes. Look at that. He said, look, the only thing I'll think about is food. Take care of all my businesses because you have obtained favor before me. I like you, Joseph. I like you, Joseph. I trust you, Joseph. You are a genuine guy. You are a good guy. You are honest. You are transparent. You are faithful. You are reliable. That's why I like you. Run the show for me. The only thing you should not touch is my wife. But run the show for me. You have authority over everything here. Except who? My wife. Touch everything here. But don't touch my, I'll touch her myself. You have everything here belongs to your leadership and to your authority and to your oversight. But my wife, thou shalt not touch. So you can see that he promoted Joseph from just being a slave who came to this country as somebody who didn't even have friends or relatives or even parents, but he promoted him and he made him a man of influence. All the workers of Potiphar were answerable to who? To Joseph. So these are men who can promote you. He took Joseph, you know, you know, I can just picture how Joseph was, you know, picked by Potiphar. Maybe he had chains around his, you know, hands, chains around his feet because he was a slave. But Potiphar broke those chains. And Potiphar promoted Joseph. And Joseph was walking around as a leader in this home. So these men are promoters. And I pray that you may meet these men. That they may promote you as well in the name of Jesus. By reason of this favor, I summon all your promoters. By reason of this favor, I summon all your promoters. May they promote you in Jesus' name. I say, may they promote you in Jesus' name. You see, Joseph was an outsider, but when this dimension of favor kicked in, Potiphar did not care. He said, this is the guy. This is the guy. I pray that your promoters will not look at your experience. They will not look at your gender. They will not look at your education. They will not even ask for your papers like Sakaja, but they will just promote you and they will just elevate you because of favor in the name of Jesus. I wish I had a witness here. Hallelujah. Receive that kind of favor. Receive that kind of favor. May your promoters locate you in the name of Jesus and may they push you to the next level. Shout a louder amen in this house. Number two, who are these men that we can obtain favor from? These are providers. They are not just promoters, but they are also providers. 
These are those with the ability to lessen your suffering. They have the ability to minimize the impact of your suffering. They have the resources, the privilege, you know, to come into your situation. They might not pick you out of that situation or deliver you out of your situation, but they will minimize the impact of your suffering in that situation. Ladies and gentlemen, it goes without saying that the world is full of challenges. There are occasions, there are circumstances that trigger suffering in our lives. Like right now, Kenyans are suffering because of inflation. Everything has gone up. There are days 300 you could do shopping until you get change. <laughs> now with 300, when you buy a loaf of bread, you start calculating what else you should buy. Isn't it? Me, I remember when I was young, my father used to send me to go to the shop with five shillings, and I come back with so many things. Five shillings. Come back with so many things, including a patko. You eat as you're going home. To reward yourself <laughs> for the things you have done. Then you get home, and then you sit down. Then he pulls out his mathematics. He says, hey, you bought this one. It was how much? Hey, this one. Hey, where? Where is 50 cents? The weeping that you get that day, you ask yourself, was it worth it buying that patko? How many remember patko? It was a white. Is it still there? Ah, the one that is there is not original. That one is from China. There is now the stress of inflation. Petrol has gone high by nine shillings. Is it nine shillings? Nine shillings. Challenges here and there. Cooking oil. I mean, challenges. Hey, our pockets are feeling it. I'm telling you. You know, and Putin is not letting go. Is it Putin or Putin? Putin, Putin. Putin. It's not letting go. I mean, suffering. Corona. We thought it has gone, but it's like, it's just lacking around the corner. Corona is lacking around the corner. The corner. <laughs> Crime. Drugs. You know, yesterday I was watching one of the guys that inspired me when I was young. You know, he's called Come and He Died. I was watching his music. His music really inspired me because I, I used to listen to him and I thought this man is very brilliant. You know, because all his songs, before I mean he sings, he paints a picture. He was a very good, you know, actor and stuff like that, very eloquent and stuff. And I was watching some of the videos he did and the music he did in the 70s. And I was so surprised that what we are facing now is what Kaman was talking about in the 70s. Huh? Gazing was there in the 70s. Strong. You're even showing pictures, men holding hands in a loving way. Ladies kissing. A lady and a lady kissing. I mean, I would hug you kiss another lady if you're a lady. I mean, please. 
How, do you, how can you take your tongue as a man and put into the mouth of another man? Huh? You'd rather even put your tongue in a yogurt. Please. If your neighbor is not looking at me, tell them what's going on. Tell them to lift their heads and look at me. Because I'm preaching. Is your neighbor looking at me or they are looking down? Tell them, look at the preacher right now. Yeah, because if you don't look at me, you might be a suspect, isn't it? And he was talking about those things, drugs. He's talking about those, those years, 70s. And those are still the challenges we are facing today. Isn't it true? Problems, issues, challenges. The world is sick. There's a lot of suffering. And this part of the world, we have a lot of suffering. Food scarcity, less opportunities. You know, that's why you see that Africans we are dragged with a drug called politics. Yeah, it's so much in our head. Because we believe politicians will solve all our problems. Nikiingia, Beya Maziwa. Nikiingia. Tell me what they say. Kila mta napata elfu? Nikiingia, we will build it from bottom. As it is coming, and we believe it. Because of the sufferings. And we believe that all our problems will be solved by these people. And they will tell you fantastic things. But me, I've been old enough to realize it's not true. What they say, they will only do 1%. They will only do 1% because they promise even things which are unrealistic. Huh? Every child will have a laptop. They got it. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, did your child get a laptop? It's now 10 years down the line. Your child got a laptop. It's unrealistic. It cannot happen. It's, it's a lie. But because of the sufferings <laughs> that we have gone through, especially on this part, we believe them. That's why we drink politics, we eat politics, we sleep politics, we wake up politics, we talk politics, we even worship politicians. Look at the way when they show up, the way we sing and dance. Because we believe they will solve all our problems. When Kibaki became president, Kenya was voted as the most optimistic people on earth. But after two years, we were crying. Yes. I know he did some good things, but he also failed in some things. I'm trying to show you that suffering is there. And it is real. And depending on politicians to solve your problems, it's a lie. You will still wake up to go to work. You will still go and open your shop. Sister, 
you will still go to work, to the office, and work. You have to work. You have to strategize how you will be able to raise your family. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So you can't put your faith in them. That's why you have to look at many other factors that will lessen your suffering. And one of them is the horizontal aspect of favor. Because there are men that God will position in your life to become your providers. Hallelujah. And they will come in handy when you really need them. And they will lessen. Some will say lessen. They might not remove the suffering, but they will lessen the impact. Yes. They will lessen the devastating impact of suffering in your life. Can I hear an amen? amen. Hmm. But I need to tell you, can I give you bad news? Life will continue being expensive. Hmm. A few will keep on going up. There's no way bread will come back and one day, come down, one day you buy it at five shillings. Isn't it true? Yeah. It will keep on going up because life is changing. Life is becoming dynamic. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So there's suffering all over the world. People are really, really suffering. But this dimension of favor can kick in and lessen. The key word here is to lessen and lessen the devastating consequences of your suffering. Can I hear an amen? You know, the other day I was watching a video that was trending of this lady who was accosted by, I think, three or four men. You know, and you, when you look at that video, man, you feel like helping the lady. But it's impossible. She's alone with three or four men harassing her taking everything from her, getting into the house, taking everything from her. And then after that, I mean, it's like they disappeared with her. So you can only imagine what they went to do to her. Four men. All right? Even if she recovers, can you imagine the trauma? Can you imagine the post-traumatic stress disorder that she has to grapple with for the rest of her life? I mean, it was very traumatizing. There's a lot of suffering here in this world. Challenges here and there. Crime, you know, all these difficulties that we are being faced with. And when I was watching that video, I just, I just, I just, I just prayed. I say, God, let these people be arrested. Yeah, let them be arrested and put in prison. Let them stay in that prison for a while. All right? And let them be put in the prison, the prison that is in Africa. Not the prison in other countries. You know, there are movies we watch and you see the prison in other countries and you're like, is this really a prison? Comfortable beds, people are watching TV, people are, you know, fellowshipping, people can go out there, play tennis, you know. You know, put them in the prison that is in Africa. Speaking of prison, a prison is not a very nice place to be in. It's a tough place, isn't it? You know, one time I went to visit one of my members who was arrested. And he was in prison. So I went because, you know, I remembered the scripture that the Bible, Jesus said, I was in prison. But you did not come <laughs> to visit me. So I said, let me fulfill that scripture in a different way. So that this person should not say, I was in prison and my pastor did not come. So I went. 
to visit him in the prison. Let me tell you, that place is not easy. Yeah, the place was stinking. The cells were stinking. Feces, human feces, you know, stinking. So I went and I saw him. And I asked him, brother, did you do it? Tell me the truth. This means me. I'm your pastor. Because I want to know if you are here innocently or if you are here because you did it. Did you do it? He told me, no, pastor. It was temptations. I was tempted. And when I was tempted, I stole. So, but this, this place is bad. I told him, I'll pray for you, but now, be encouraged. told him, be encouraged, be strong. We'll pray that God will remember you. You know, somehow through his workings, maybe favor will fall on you. The day maybe the president will be pardoning prisoners. Maybe your name, you know, supernaturally will find itself on that list and you'll come out. And you know what he told me? Pastor, before you go, please, can you go to the kiosk and buy for me a toothpaste? Buy for me um, soap and buy for me a toothbrush. I really need those three things. Because here life is hell. Sometimes we don't sleep at night. Sometimes you have to stand. You sleep, somebody comes and urinates on you. Or sometimes you sleep and wake up, you realize somebody is sodomizing you at night. He said it is bad. I can't be here. This place is bad. I regret what I did. I just told him, brother, be strong in the Lord. Be encouraged. We are praying and we know that God will come through for you. You see, I'm a very good pastor. I even visit my members who are in prison. Please don't go to prison, but in case you go, we will come and visit you and encourage you. We'll bring you soap, toothbrush, and and toothpaste. I'm going somewhere with this. It's, it's a terrible place. It's a terrible place. I've visited cells severally, and let me tell you, it's not a very good place. Some cells are even crowded. Yeah. There's one, I remember I went to visit another friend of mine who was arrested, and he was put in this cell. You know, the, 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 it doesn't have windows. So the only opening is up there, and the, the, the cell was so crammed that Guys were literally standing on their toes to try and catch fresh air, you know, from that opening up there. And you could see that they were struggling, gasping for air from up there. And the place was packed like this. You can't even sleep. Where do you sleep? If you feel like going for a short call, you go there. Feel like going for a long call, there. So as you're adjusting your toes to try and catch the breath, you're also stepping on some slimy, soft stuff on, on the ground. I'm making it bad so that you may not go there. Tell your neighbor, I'll not go there in Jesus' name. And Joseph, the one we are talking about, found himself in prison. He found himself in prison because... He was a very handsome guy. And because he was handsome, the wife of Potiphar, let's go to the bad stuff. The wife of Potiphar looked at Joseph and he said, this one, 
ah, something has to happen. And so, the Bible says that she tried to seduce him. <laughs> some women, oh, some women are dangerous. Look at your neighbor. If you're sure he's a man, tell them some women are very bad and you must be very careful. Some women have an, a diabolic agenda over your life. You know, they come, they are smiling at you. They look beautiful. They look warm and nice, harmless. But let me tell you, at the back of their minds, they are after you. They are after your money. They are after your marriage. The church is quiet, but it's fine. They are after your dignity. They are after you as a person. They want to bring you down. I mean, Joseph is busy washing the house. But that woman. <laughs> Three things this woman did quickly. Number one, she cast longing eyes on Joseph. The Bible says she cast longing eyes on her. And she pressed him, telling him, lie with me. She gave him a sexy look. You know that sexy look a woman can give you? She gave him a sexy look every now and then. When a woman looks at you with sexy eyes, you will know. Your silence will not shut me down. I'll preach it like I feel it today. The Bible says she cast longing eyes, telling Joseph, I want you. Lie with me. And she did this all the time in the house. That was very difficult for Joseph. I mean, very difficult for Joseph. You must be a man made of steel for you to survive such advances every now and then. You know, you might survive the first one, second one, third one. But if it is consistent, you must be made of steel. Secondly, she enticed him to sleep with her. She said, lie with me. Day by day, every day, she's telling Joseph, lie with me, lie with me, lie with me, lie with me, lie with me. Lie. You know, at the beginning, you can say, no, 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 no. And then the no becomes no. No. Oh, you're not getting what I'm talking about. <laughs> She enticed him. I don't want to be graphic, but let me tell you, when a woman wants you, when a woman wants you, when a woman wants you, she will go out of her way to get you. Can you imagine how she was dressing? Maybe she was dressing in some very revealing, see-me-through garments. When Potiphar has gone to visit other provinces. Tempting Joseph. Joseph is working, but his mind is rushing 200 miles per hour as if he's on Nairobi Expressway. Every day. Then finally, the Bible says she grabbed him. She grabbed him. You see, it's men who grab. Normally, it's men who grab. 
I told you your silence will not shut me down. But when a woman grabs you, she has reached tipping point. She can't take it anymore. You have resisted. You have said no. But now she knows this is the only opportunity I have. I don't know how strong she was, but let me tell you, brothers, are you listening to me? Be careful. Some women, when they lock you, you can't come out. They are strong. They're muscular. Thank God that Joseph was able to free himself out of that situation. But there are some ladies, if they grab you, you better call on your God. Look, your silence will not shut me down. I, I, I still preach it. You better call on the name of Jehovah for you to be saved. Joseph struggled and he freed himself and he got out of that situation. When he got out of situation, that situation, what happened? The woman was left with a jacket. There's something about Joseph and jackets. <laughs> One jacket caused his father pain. This second jacket was used as an exhibit to put him into prison. The woman held on to the jacket. He cried and he was out there telling the servants, come and see what Joseph was trying to do to me. He wanted to rape me and I freed myself. And then he, I was not just an ordinary prison. So that means it was a prison, for, it was not just an ordinary prison. So that means it was a prison for hardcore criminals. Those who tried to rise up against the king. Those who tried to topple the king. Those who resisted the authority and the leadership of the king. They were put in this prison. And this is the same, same prison that Joseph was put in. You can imagine how Joseph fell from grace to grass. And is in this prison which is under deplorable conditions, suffering. All of a sudden, everything that he had came crashing to the ground. And all of a sudden, he didn't have anything because of something he did not do. Somebody say, women. women. Every man here, be careful. Some of you men are very careless. You are very careless. Be careful. Some of those women who are around you smiling, smiling at you, some of them have a hidden agenda. They will destroy you. They will shave you. And they will remove your eyes. And they will crush your balls. Anyway. So, uh, uh, uh. Be careful. And not only women. Some of you women, the men around you are dangerous. When they send you fair, as you are, as you are using the fair to go to where they are, you are like a sheep that is going to be slaughtered. Careful. Open your eyes so that you don't end up in prison. If I don't preach, I've preached right there. 
Now Joseph finds himself in a dark dungeon. Then what happened? Genesis chapter 39, verse 21 to 23. But, and God, there is a but here. But the Lord hey, was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him, and he gave him, and he gave him, and he gave him, and he gave him. With who? With the keeper of the prison. He gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of prison. So he's in prison, but he's also enjoying the horizontal dimension of favor. He has not been removed from that situation. He's not been released from prison. That's why I say this favor provides providers in your life who will lessen your suffering. He was in the situation, but in this situation, there is somebody who was in that situation who had influence, who had authority, who liked him. Look at verse 22. What did the keeper of the prison do? And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all, <laughs> all the prisoners who were in the prison and whatever they did there, it was his doing. That means Joseph became a ruler and a leader of all the prisoners in that prison. Now, when you become a leader, you start enjoying certain privileges. But the keeper of the prison, look at that. He's behaving like Potiphar. The keeper of the prison did not, can we read together? And the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Same treatment. Because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it to do what? To prosper. Even in prison, he was prospering. Because of favor. So, by virtue of being a leader... He started enjoying certain privileges in prison. You see, the keeper of the prison, this is powerful, didn't have the power to free Joseph from prison, but he had the power to lessen his suffering while in prison. He granted him some privileges while he was in this state, which lessened his suffering. He was not working like every other prison. He was the one supervising them as they work. In fact, he was the one who was telling them what to do while they were in prison. And I believe also he had a special place where he was staying, which was different from where the other prisoners were staying. Because when you become a leader, you enjoy certain privileges. I remember when I was in school, I was a prefect. At some point, I became a deputy, you know, deputy head boy while I was in school. And when I became a deputy head boy, even our, 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 my, my school uniform had to change a little bit because... Um, all the students were wearing like gray trousers. For me, I was wearing a black one with a blazer. And then our sitting also, our sitting area during the parade was reserved. Nobody could sit there. So the head boy used to sit, and then I, the deputy head boy, who, who, who it is me, and then I, 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 I sit <laughs> next to him. All right? And then when we were having other meetings where, you know, we were not required to sit, you know, the deputy head boy and the head boy 
were standing next to the teachers. And we used to give speeches before the teachers speak. So I was the first one to start. I used to give a speech. Tell the students to be nice, to be good, to love education, you know, to be good students, not to riot, to love the food. I mean, speak very nice things. And then, when I remember I was made the deputy editor, I was even moved from the general ward. Sorry, it's the general dormitory. <laughs> it's, it's a general... <laughs> I was moved from the general dormitory and we were moved to a cubicle. Special cubicle. All right? And then we were assigned a Form 1. To be... <laughs> it's very bad to be a Form 1, I'm telling you. To be cleaning and to be bringing food. So before everybody eats, the Form 1 could go to the kitchen. With our plates. They serve the top layer. And then he brings to our room. We were not eating with everybody. They never, from the day I became a deputy head boy, the rest of the students never saw me eating. Actually, they thought I'm superhuman. Privileges when you become a leader. So I believe Joseph was enjoying certain privileges even in prison. It was not a good place. It was not a comfortable place, but he was enjoying certain privileges. Because of this horizontal dimension of favor, it lessened his suffering. There are things, ladies and gentlemen, which cannot be solved in one day, which cannot be solved in one week. You can be in a situation that cannot be reversed in one day. But what God can do, God can release this dimension of favor that will bring providers in your life who will lessen the impact of the negative situation you are in. Oh, am I preaching to somebody in this place? And so you can be there, yes, it is dark, it is hard, it is difficult, it is frustrating, but you start enjoying certain privileges. You start enjoying certain blessings. Oh, yes, you are favored. Certain things begin to happen. And they remind you, even though I'm in this situation, I know that God is with me. Yes, you are in a prison, but you begin to prosper. You are in a tight spot, but you begin to prosper. You are in a difficult situation, but you begin to prosper simply because there is a provider that has been re released into your life by this dimension of favor. May he come your way. I say, may he come your way. Ooh. What? Time is up. May he come your way in the name of Jesus. May your provider come. I say, may your provider come in the name of Jesus. Number three, the last one, quickly, is the patrons. Somebody say the patrons. The patron is one that uses wealth or influence to help an individual. He can also help an organization or he can help a cause. He uses his wealth, he uses his influence, he uses his position to help an individual, an institution, or a cause. These are those with the ability to use their wealth to make you 
actualize your dream. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I have a dream. Tell them one more time, I have a dream. Joseph had a dream at the age of 17. He faced a lot of opposition from his brothers. He faced opposition from Potiphar's wife. While he was in prison, by the way, there was a time two guys had a dream, the chief baker and the chief butler, and interpreted their dreams correctly. And the chief baker was pardoned, but the chief butler was hanged. And Joseph told the chief baker that if you go to the king, please remember me. Tell them, tell the king I'm an innocent man. I didn't do what I'm accused of. But the chief baker, when he got out of prison, I think he was intoxicated by celebrations until he forgot about, you know, Joseph. And then one day, the Bible says that the king dreamt. By the time the king was dreaming, Pharaoh was dreaming, Potiphar had forgotten about Joseph. Um, the chief baker had forgotten about Joseph, and Joseph felt like he was going to languish and die in this prison. But God, you know, was still in charge of his affairs. And so God caused, you know, Pharaoh to dream, and he had a dream. And you know the dream, you know, seven years of plenty and then seven years of, 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 of famine. And when he dreamt, he didn't know what to do with this dream. He called his magicians, the wise men of Egypt, to try and interpret this dream, but they were not able to do so. And then that's when the chief baker remembered and said, oh my goodness, I remember my wickedness. There is a man in prison, started telling the king, there is a man in prison who is an interpreter of dreams. And we should bring him. We should bring him here. And when we bring him here, I believe this man is going to interpret your dream. And so fast forward, you know, Joseph was summoned by the king. But before he got to the king, he had to change, you know, his dressing. The Bible says he shaved his beard. You, you can see that when you're in prison, you don't even have time to shave your beard. You know, he had to shave his beard. He had to change his outfit so that he may be able to appear before the king. You know, cut the long story short, he appeared before the king. And he started telling the king the dream that the king had and interpreted the dream for the king. And it was the correct interpretation. When he did so, let's look at what happened. Genesis chapter 41, verse 42. The king liked Joseph. <laughs> the king loved Joseph. And he decided to do something. He decided to be his patron. He said, Joseph, I'm going to be your patron. I'm going to help you actualize your dream. And this is what I'm going to do. Genesis chapter 41, verse 42. The Bible says, then the Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hands. Look at that. Which represents authority. Somebody say authority. And put it on Joseph's hand. And he clothed him. He even, look, Joseph came you know, having changed his clothes. But the king again changed the clothes that Joseph changed in when he was appearing before him. He changed his clothes and he gave him garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. Verse 43. And he had him ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried out before him. Eish. Do you realize, Pastor Zeph, that this is what Joseph saw in his dream when he was 17 years old and he thought that the dream would not be fulfilled? The brothers hated him and they frustrated that dream. His father also was a bit concerned about this dream, you know, 
And it took so many years. And at this particular moment, the king who is a patron in the life of Joseph sponsored his dream, accelerated his dream. He thought he's just honoring Joseph by putting him on a very nice chariot that he may run around, but he was actually fulfilling a dream that this young man had 17 years when he was 17 years old. That's why people bowed their knee as he was moving around. And so he set him over all the land of Egypt. He sponsored the dream of Joseph because he became a patron in his life. I mean, when I was reading this story, I was so surprised to realize that I thought the people who were supposed to sponsor the dream of Joseph were his brothers. I thought so. And then I realized, sometimes when you have a dream, even the, your greatest, actually your greatest critics are your family members. Are your family members. Let me say this. I, I, I was telling Pastor Mary, if all my relatives in this city came to this church, we would have built this sanctuary a long time ago. All my relatives. My relatives are blessed. My relatives, some of my relatives are billionaires. If all of them came to this church, they say, let's go and support one of our own. <laughs> the sanctuary could have been built a long time ago. But your own people will not believe in you. They will not believe in you. That's why even Jesus was not accepted in his own hometown where he was born. But let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, even if they don't believe in you, God will raise up. God will raise up Potiphar. God will raise up another man. Can I hear an amen in this house? Who will become a patron in your life. He will sponsor your dream. He will give you a ring. He will change your clothes. He will put you on a chariot. And he will make people do what you saw in your dream. They bow down before Joseph. And Joseph remembered the dream that he had. That all these sheaves around him were bowing before him. I pray that may you locate your patron. I say may you locate your patron. You don't know him. You don't even know where he is. You don't even know how he looks like. But I pray that may you locate him in the name of Jesus. And I pray that the dream that you have will come to pass. As this dimension of favor kicks in in your life, that dream you have, that goal you have, that plan you have, that vision that you have, that your family members are not supporting you to accomplish and fulfill, I pray that your patron may show up. May he give you a gold ring. May he put a chain of gold around you. May he change your clothing. And may he sponsor your journey to greatness in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, stand to your feet and give God a shout of praise in this house. I'm done. May you locate these three people. Lift up your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name. Why don't you open your mouth and just pray? Hallelujah. Pray. Pray that God will give you promoters, providers, and patrons. May this favor, this dimension of favor, activate these three people in your life. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. May your dream come to pass. May your dream happen. May your dream be fulfilled. 
in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Promoters, may you be summoned by this favor. Providers, may you be summoned by this favor. Patrons, may you be summoned by this favor in the name of Jesus. Oh God, do it in the name of Jesus. Do it in the name of Jesus. My goodness, you will succeed. You will make it. You will fulfill your dream. You will accomplish your purpose. You will accomplish your mission on earth in the name of Jesus. You will realize your projects. You will realize your dream. You will realize your vision. In the name of Jesus, what God has planned for you, it will come to pass. Because God will position promoters. God will position providers. God will, provision, will position uh, patrons on your path in the name of Jesus. May you collide with them. May you meet them. May you see them. May they locate you. Regardless of where you were. In your prison, in your dungeon, in your dark situation. May you meet them. May you see them. May your paths collide in the name of Jesus. Father, we summon them by reason of this favor. We summon them by reason of this favor. We summon them by reason of this favor. From wherever they are, Lord, we summon them by reason of the horizontal dimension of favor. In the name of Jesus, may you meet them this week. May you meet them this month. May you meet them this year. May your promoters look for you. May your patrons look for you. In the name of Jesus, may your providers locate you. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Stretch your hands one more time. Receive them. Locate them. Meet them. Interact with them. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. May your eyes be open to see them. In the name of Jesus. May your eyes be open to see them. In the name of Jesus. I give you glory, Lord. We give you glory, Lord. As we honor you. We give you glory, Lord, as we honor you. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You're wonderful.
in the name of Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your word that has come to us. I pray that this favor will hit our lives and transform us. May we meet this man. May we meet this man. Promoters, preservers, and patrons in the name of Jesus. I give you glory and I give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Can we give him a shout? Can we give him praise? Can we give him glory? Come on, give him a shout!